Welcome to Better in Real Life, a podcast from the Trestle Collective. I'm your host, Jonathan McGinty, and in this series I like to have conversations with good folks doing some interesting, pretty cool things. We're starting Season 2 by chatting with Alex Urban, the new Executive Director of the Tour Championship, the season-ending tournament of the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup. Alex has worked in journalism, communications, and now tournament operations. He also apparently is the good luck charm of reigning PGA Championship winner Justin Thomas. Back in this like 2015, 16, and 17, I think I, those three straight seasons, I went over to Asia for about a month at a time, actually six weeks, one of the years. So it was quite a while. And one of my favorite events uh, form, that was formerly on the schedule was the CIMB Classic in Malaysia. And in uh, 2015, the first time I was over there, uh, also happened to coincide with Justin Thomas's first win on the PGA Tour was at that event and uh, was there with him. He he would I'm sure he would laugh about this now because he chunked one in the water on 15 with like a lead. And then he had to birdie a couple holes on in the last three coming in just to just to make it work. And he did. And, and it was fantastic. And then he goes and wins that same tournament again the following year. And I was the communications lead again. Uh, and it's really, it's interesting when you're out on one of those events that's in Asia, there's a lot less people around just in terms of supporters and sponsors and management teams. There's just, a, it's just less because it's expensive to get over there. And so you feel a little bit more like you're kind of part of this small traveling group that's that's there to accomplish that. So yeah, I had, I had a little extra time to celebrate with him, which was great. Um, was able to buy him a beer and maybe he should have been buying me one, but uh, was was able to buy him a beer and and uh, congratulate him on those wins. And then I was at, shoot, I was at, he won the CIMB Classic. Or he won the CJ Cup in, at Jeju Island in Korea. I was there for that. I was there for his first win, for, first win at the Century Tournament of Champions. I've I've seen that guy win a lot of golf tournaments. I actually texted him when I got here and I said, hey, good good for you, man. You got a good tour championship coming up on your calendar. I just showed up to town in Atlanta. And he, thought that was, he thought that was pretty funny, so... Um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I, maybe he just, he sees me and he remembers holding trophies, I guess. Alex and I first met a few years ago when he was working in PR for the PGA Tour. Today, he's responsible for pretty much everything connected to the season-ending event of the PGA Tour schedule at one of the most historic golf courses in the country, Eastlake. Like most people in golf, his passion for working in the game was fueled by his interest in the game. For a lot of people, you know, their dad got them into it or, you know, grandpa played or that kind of stuff. And it's funny for me, my, my dad was not an avid golfer. We did have a set of clubs in the, in the garage, but it was, I think they were like hand-me-downs and, or maybe clubs that he used in college. So they were old and they had the, like those older, like balls, you could easily cut them if you, if you bladed it a little bit. Right. Um, and so that was, that was like having that, that, uh, set of clubs in the garage. And, um, then, you know, we, I, this is going to sound stupid, but I, I loved putt putt. We, we did that a lot. My dad yeah. and I, we did that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love this. It's great. And then 97 hits and tiger comes on the scene, 99. And then 2000, I'm kind of like 10 years old, 11 years old. When he started just really taking the game by storm, like a lot of people, I was like, oh, this is the coolest guy in the world, and this is the best, and I already love putt-putt. I bet I'd love the full thing. So I just started hitting wiffle balls in the wiffle golf balls in my backyard. I was living in Denver, Colorado for a couple of years as a kid, 
and uh, picked it up there and then never really looked back. Now you made your way out because you, I think you and I share a connection to, to the University of Georgia, but you also, you're a Clemson graduate, right? I am. So I uh, I went to Clemson for undergrad. I actually covered golf for the for the Tiger, the school paper there. Um, right. Back when like uh, was uh, Kyle Stanley and um, Ben Martin, Sam Saunders, Arnold Palmer's grandson was there kind of all throughout my time in school. So that, that it was a very good team. And they were, Kyle won, won the, uh, he was won the collegiate player of the year award while, while he was in school. So they were awesome. Coach Penley at Clemson, who's an absolute legend. And then uh, from there, I, I went between undergrad and grad school. I had an internship at the uh, United States Golf Association. So I was up at the golf house in New Jersey uh, with their communications department, traveling around to um, U.S. Open, Women's Open, Senior Open that summer. Uh, and then went to the University of Georgia for to get my master's degree in public relations, mm-hmm. uh, which I graduated in 2012 that, with that. And you know, from there, got a job at the PGA Tour uh, Right after it was December of 2012, I graduated and I was working at the PGA Tour by March. So very, and, uh, very cool. And you started in in communications and then you've kind of transitioned over, you know, what drew you to working on the PR side? Because I know you, you mentioned you, you worked as a, as a writer uh, for. Yeah, the, uh, I, I was the editor of my high school paper. I, uh, I you know, love writing, love journal. I'm a journalism enthusiast. Um, I have I have a whole separate podcast I could do with you about the state of journalism today. And we can we can get into that. Makes, Don't worry. <laughs> how it makes me a little sad, just like the the way facts are confirmed or lack thereof in this day and age. As as someone that has a degree, kind of studying the ethics and all that fun stuff of the, of that profession, it's mm. it's just a bummer in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, that aside, it was always something that I wanted to you know, make part of my, you know, I, I had an internship. I, I mentioned the one in USGA and their communications department, but before that I worked, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And when I went home for a couple summers, I worked for university communications department at Ohio state, mm-hmm. um, worked with their, uh, VP of communications and helped write portions of their president's commencement speech. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, Got, got really into that sphere of things. That was, you know, another introduction to communications. And I, I realized, well, oh, wow, this is, this is, this is great. This is something that I'm interested in. Uh, so when I was, when I got the chance to do the USGA internship in comms and see what championship communications is like, and then got the chance to then move into, um, move into the uh, communications department at the PGA tour. It was, it was a dream come true, to be honest with you. Well, and you know the the benefit of starting out at that age and and going into work for communications for the tour, you're getting to do all sorts of travel and you're seeing all sorts of courses and tournaments and you're getting dropped right in with the best players in the world. You know what was that like? Cause you're twenty four, twenty five when this is happening. For a guy in his mid twenties, it couldn't yeah. have been a better job at the better time. I mean, I, I was able to do. I did our Asian swing three times, so I I did tournaments in Malaysia and. Korea President's Cup in Korea in 2015, some CIMB classics in Malaysia. I was lucky enough to go to Japan, uh, to uh, no, sorry, Korea again to uh, the CJ Cup, and so that that was a blast. I mean, it was to be able to travel the world with the best golfers in the world and um, you know get to know some of them a little bit, which was great. And uh, then doing a bunch of great events here in the United States too. I was able to go, uh, you know, I did our event. Uh, what's now the Genesis Open at Riviera out west and Tory Pines Farmers Insurance Open over there and Tory is just a, such a great spot. I did our tournament in New York, formerly the Northern Trust that was formerly in that area a couple times, one in New Jersey, a couple in New York. Um, 
Atlanta. I, I supported this event and and was was able to uh, to kind of see see the FedEx Cup finale in person, which is kind of fun. And then, of course, I was supporting the Hawaiian tournaments, the both of those as well, which was sort of how I got in with uh, the Century Tournament of Champions and that that opportunity when it presented itself. So yeah, it was. I mean, it's a blast traveling around and being able to uh, see new places and. Mm-hmm work in an exciting part of the business and it was it was awesome well and now you're on the director side so you're more in that operations oversight uh, world how was that transition i mean from communications over to that side i mean i imagine you know i, I can relate from working in public relations but there are a lot of skills that probably really transfer to to what you're doing now yeah it's it's funny i remember when i took took the role. It was, I, well, I'll say I'll give a huge shout out to uh, my former boss, Chris Reimer, who uh longtime PGA tour um, communications um, employee. And, and I, uh, I was working for him at the time and, and he and I sat down and we talked about the future and he asked me, what are some, what are some things that interest you, you know, here at the tour outside of what you're currently doing. And we did talk about tournament operation side and, and management and, uh, executive directing and we thought of, you know we talked about the future and and what might what might be and then when that opportunity presented itself it just came so quickly much quicker than i would have certainly ever imagined i'm very lucky i've been a very lucky person at very many points in my life so i'm i'm not ashamed to to admit that um and it's just the right right thing at the right time and then was able to kind of transition it's, it's like drinking through a fire hose i remember the first mm-hmm. couple just learning all the specific operational things that go that happen from you know, uh, uh, the way an entry tent is designed all the way to concession point of sale. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, it's almost unfathomable the amount of little things that happen. The beautiful thing is that the PGA tour has extremely talented teams to mm-hmm. basically make sure that that's not, cause it, I'll be honest with you, if I was the guy in charge of all the ops, that would be a problem. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, you know, but, but the things that, are important too from a tournament directing side is to make sure that you have the right people in the right roles uh, to, to pull that stuff off. And the great thing about here in Atlanta is we've got that. And then some we've got absolute pros that are doing what they do, which uh, allows me to kind of go about town and, and tell people how great this place is, why they should be involved in it. Tell the story of the tournament, you know, from a charitable perspective, from a community perspective, from a competitive perspective, from PGA tour perspective, you know, my, my role, outside of overseeing the team is also to really be um, a convener of people to make sure that the right people are supporting the tournament so that it can continue to grow. Before we get back to the podcast, I wanted to take a moment and thank you all for joining us. As we kick off season two, here's a reminder to check out some of the conversations I had last year, including chats with Adam Zimmerman, Senior Vice President of Marketing and Content for the World Champion Atlanta Braves, and Wes Blankenship, the voice of Coffee Town. Also, be sure to check out Beyond the Trestle, our storytelling site, and be on the lookout for the Beyond the Trestle podcast featuring Joe and I coming out soon. Now let's get back to our conversation with Alex as he shares his thoughts on the future of the PGA Tour, the popularity of the Tour Championship, and well, how awesome living in Hawaii is. Maui is is hard to oversell in terms of how great it is. I don't know if you've ever been. No, I haven't. I'd like to. It it, it is a bucket list item. It's you should. And actually, it's I know we're we're recording this on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I've got my Aloha Friday garb on today. My uh, 
that's it's it's an island tradition jonathan so um no it's it's one of those places i will say what an i mean the opportunity was unbelievable hawaii itself maui i was living on maui which is where the century tournament champions is i live about five minutes from kapalua which is the west side of maui uh it's it was funny we talked about all the travel and i was i did there was not much grass growing under my feet uh, for the better part of my mid-20s and then to get the opportunity to go to Hawaii was kind of a really nice reset for me. It's a, it is a place you can go and, and just kind of mentally heal. Heal isn't the right word, but like, right. it's just, a, it's a refresh place. It's, there's a reason why a lot of people go there for vacation and never come back. Right. And that's a, that's not an uncommon thing. And from a event standpoint, because you're out there, there are, it's harder to have extra support from headquarters just because of the time zone difference alone. Right. And so we had a two person team and from an operational perspective there, you, you, you end up having to handle a lot more of that kind of stuff, whether it's permit applications or, um, you know, working with specific vendors and signage vendors, all this fun stuff, in addition to what you're doing otherwise. So it was a really great place for me to be able to kind of cut my teeth. I think you mentioned that phrase. I would agree with that. That's, But also, it was a nice manageable field, a nice manageable amount of fans. And also, you're working with the very best players on the PGA Tour at that event. Obviously, you're working with the winners from the previous year. So you get to deal with a lot of the, the managers and, you know, commissioner, Jay, he comes out to that tournament and, and you know, you got to make sure you handle that correctly. And there's just a whole protocol to it. So it was a great place to learn in that sense. Um, and and to translate it to here, it, it actually works really well. This field size is actually pretty similar. I'm dealing with a lot of the same players and their managers and, uh, you deal with certainly even more PGA Tour executives and key people that are here to create relationships because this is, of course, our grand finale of our of our season. So mm-hmm. we're going to have very key people on site. And we've got our um, three proud partners here in Coke, Southern, and Accenture. And, um, you know, I had an insanely good sponsor in Hawaii. Uh, mm-hmm. Century was awesome. And they're, they're getting even more and more ingrained in the game of golf. And that was a great thing to learn from with them alongside them because they were such great supportive partners. And what I've learned is that we've got three great supportive partners here in Atlanta and it's, it's a slightly different animal just because the right. tournament's different and you deal with different things. For example, we had a pro-am in Hawaii and we don't have that here at the tour championship, but there's different, there are different things that, uh, that, uh, you know, take your time and energy. And so you could just kind of learn how those all fit together. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely translatable and it was a great, great next step. Well, talking a bit about the, the, the tour championship, I remember when I would do some work with it and from just watching the tournament itself, you know, it's, it's the best field probably because you got your top 30 players who are from, from the FedEx standings. It is the end of the year finale. It's had a historic, beautiful course in East Lake. The challenge, of course, has been not the tournament itself. It's been the timing because Atlanta has you got college football starting. You have yeah. the past couple of years of the Braves making playoff runs. You yeah. know, how do you all manage that challenge of of being able to kind of break through the noise and, and get some attention? Because, I mean, I think Atlanta, I think Georgia's a great golf state and Atlanta's a great golf town. 100 percent. It's a great golf golf state and town. Obviously, I think there's a lot of people that love the sport of golf here. 
Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that love the sport of golf and love the sport of college football. I'm I'm one of them. <laughs> Same here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and I think for a long time, yeah, that, that was a challenge. And I remember the tournament was in mid-September or late September even. And you start to get those conference games. You got Georgia hosting Auburn at home. Like you're, you're going to have a hard time competing with that. So we're really, really excited that uh, we're off those dates this year. We are the week before Labor Day. So the, that first weekend that college football really kicks in, we are the week before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those fans that are really interested in both, they don't have to choose anymore here in town. And what we want them to think of is like, hey, the let's cap off the summer and the golf season and it's a kickoff to the fall. And it's, that can be the demarcation. That's like the, when you, when you get that Sunday, a tour championship and you've got whomever lifting the trophy there on, on the 18th hole the you turn the page that next day and it's uh, you're reading about the, the pregame practice reports about what's going on for, for that Saturday's game. And, and I think that, you know, that will be hugely key for us. So yeah, we're, we're pumped about that. Well, and, and the, the tournament's always done a great job of trying to integrate various Atlanta partners. You mentioned the sponsors that you have, but you also, I remember from a fan engagement standpoint, bringing in popular restaurants and bringing in, you know, local musical acts. There used to, there used to be a concert series that would happen. You know, there's there just seems to be a, a really, particularly in the past five years, very conscious effort to make an investment that this is not just the tour championship end of the year event. This is Atlanta's tournament. This is something that has a distinct Atlanta feel to it. Well, those are the best. I've worked a lot of PGA Tour events, and I've been to a bunch of them in a lot of different markets. I say it's one of the coolest things about the 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 whole PGA Tour thing and and the schedule is that I've never been to two events that felt the same. They all have their own vibe because it's a different time of the year in certain places, and there's different things going on and different golf courses, different communities, different areas, and they and they just gain their own little unique thumbprint, for lack of a better term and i think leaning into that has been really advantageous for a lot of events so i you know i worked on the players championship for a lot of years and they really started engaging with some of those local businesses in jacksonville and i think tour championship followed suit and for the last five or ten years even it's it's continued to build on that and so you've got local food partner like you know you get fox brothers barbecue and Boca and Boca, Henri's Bakery, like some of some of those local food partners out here, that's become a huge thing. You can't go to a sporting event now and expect concession food. It just doesn't. Right. I, I, I whether you're at a Braves game or Atlanta United or you know the Dream, like you're at those venues, there are local food partners and their specialty items and people don't just want a burger. Now burgers and dogs still sell just fine at golf tournaments. I'm not, but at the same time, like if you can get a lobster roll, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like it's uh, it's just kind of finding that give and take and, and then picking the right partners that one understand what you're trying to accomplish. And two are a good accurate depiction of the community. Cause you want to come onto the tournament site and say, Oh, wow, this is, this is Atlanta. I'm here. It feels like my event mm-hmm. as an Atlant as an Atlantan mm-hmm. uh, rather than just, Oh, Hey, here's a cookie cutter tournament that's plopped down in Atlanta. Right. Right. Um, how will, this is just out of curiosity. You know, I know that the PGA tour recently announced that there is the, there's a, a, a substantial increase in some of the purchase, uh, purses for 22 and 23, um, which I think is a, is a good thing for, for the game to sure. have, you know, does that, 
I know that that includes y'all as well, but does that increase increase pressure? Does it or for y'all to continue to perform and put on a great event? And I mean, I guess y'all are sort of benefited by being the playoff at the end and, and the, the type of field you're going to get. But, you know, when you look at these purses increasing across the PJ Tour, is that I mean, do you think that's a really good thing for the for the game to continue to grow and in popularity? Absolutely. I, I think that, uh, well, golf saw a huge growth in popularity during COVID just as a sport that people were playing and consuming. So I, that was an unintended consequence of that, of that whole, whole situation. Um, but yeah, obviously you want, obviously we want to continue to provide the best opportunities for our athletes. One that's that that's never changed. I've been with the PGA tour for 10 years. That was one of the first things I heard on my first day is that that was our that was our goal and that was our charter and yeah i mean i think you asked if it would increase the importance we go at pretty much 100% all the time around here at least that's been my experience from the first day i set foot on in pga tour headquarters and the expectations are high that's what happens when you work for an organization that's as well respected and also one that other people want to work for like you you got to come in and leave kind of leave it all out on the floor and come up with new ideas and try things be creative and so yeah we're going to continue to do that um the the increased purses yeah that's awesome and we're we're super excited about that because it's uh it's only a positive for for our athletes that that play this game for a living and um allows us to to continue to do what we do which is put on the best tournaments in the world Better in Real Life is a production of Trestle Collective. It's hosted by me, Jonathan McGinty, with original music and editing by Joe Van Hoos. For more, visit TrestleCollective.com, and be sure to let us know what you think of the show.